Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 14 of Charmed. The Three Faces of Phoebe. Three Faces of Eve reference? Really? But, like, nothing to do with... Why Why are we even talking about titles anymore? Yeah, point. This, if I remember correctly, which I might not be, but I'm pretty sure this is one of the first episodes of Charmed I've ever, I'd ever seen. This mm-hmm. and the uh, jury episode were definitely two of the, Interesting. the earliest ones. Yeah. It was in the TBS Charmed era. So I, f- I feel like it took me a while to see any Prue episodes because they just did a lot of season four. Look, this is why I'll never get trusted with time travel, but I would be so much more chaotic about changing things if I was traveling from the future. Yeah, I mean, we know... I was going to say we know how time travel works in Charmed, but we really don't. This episode doesn't. Why is old woman Phoebe so worried about changing the time, but young Phoebe isn't... I mean... Not kid Phoebe. Present Phoebe. Yeah, present Phoebe isn't worried about changing things for kid Phoebe. I guess because she knows that Grams is just going to immediately mind wipe her as soon as she goes back to the past, because that's what Grams does to all of her children all the time, and also Andy, who is a neighbor boy. Like, does old Phoebe remember casting this spell? Because she doesn't say she remembers casting the spell. And if she doesn't remember casting the spell, I would think this is a splinter timeline, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I I'd assume that Phoebe deciding to cast the spell is the point in which this reality broke from old Phoebe's timeline. Then old Phoebe doesn't... Also, old Phoebe should have interfered more. She doesn't have a wedding ring in the future. In our timeline, she marries Coop. This is what happens when you don't interfere with the past. You end up married to Coop. I guess maybe he could have, you know, they could have gotten divorced or died by the time Phoebe's old. But I don't know. Do, do... Do Cupids die? Well, we know Cupids can die, but only if dark Cupids break up the couples that they brought together <laughs> oh my god i can't wait to get to that oh we already did that was the uh... oh i meant i meant coop oh I, I am actually weirdly excited to talk about the last season i i'm in it's jo- a dumpster fire like i'm i'm excited like i le- there's good stuff in this season like i'm excited to talk about the good stuff in this season i'm excited to talk about the dumpster fire that is the last season okay i hate coop i feel like we've established that coop is awful but also, he's kind of weirdly perfect for late season Phoebe. Ooh, wow. Burn on late season Phoebe. I mean, deserved burn, but still. <laughs> I mean, in that one episode where uh, all three of the sisters are brainwashed into their most negative personality traits so that they won't want to fight Billy and Christy or whatever. Oh my god, I can't wait to talk about the last season. There's a bit where a centaur or nymph or whatever bamps into Phoebe and Coop's room while they're having sex. And Phoebe ignores the, you know, help, demons are murdering everyone in dumb magic world thing. Phoebe's under a spell and she ignores him. Coop's not under a spell. Coop's just like, eh, whatever. Coop's like, if Phoebe's not bothered, I don't know why I should be. Which is, uh, it's the attitude to have when you're dating a season, what, seven, eight charmed one? Yeah, it is. But we have quite some time before we actually need to talk about Coop. We're still in the good love interest. We're 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 in the heart of the good love interest. This episode starts with Shirtless Cole. Okay, so Shirtless Cole is 
sword fighting the source oh oh dear oh dear someone watched uh i was gonna say someone watched a sexy version of star wars before uh i know star wars doesn't own the you know you fight an evil caped person in a cave and then you pull off the the hood and it turns out it's you i know that's not like i mean that feels like a pretty common trope honestly yeah i guess it's just star wars is a common cultural touchstone so that's why i didn't invoke it here but this is a metaphor for what is going on inside of cole it's a metaphor inside of cole's sweaty beefy hairy man chest there are two wolves one is Cole, whose hairiness and lone nature make him wolf-like, and the other one is the source of all evil, and whichever one you feed wins. <laughs> so it, who wants to feed shirtless Julian McMahon? Inside of Cole are two wolves. One is wearing a cloak and one is shirtless, and whichever one is warmer wins. <laughs> yeah, the source has overshadowed Cole. He's possessing him. They're very, very, very clear about the fact that Cole is currently being possessed by the source. Maybe keep that in your back pocket for later. I mean, we've hinted at this a lot, but yeah. Because that goes straight out the window when Phoebe wants to break up with Cole post him undying. And by break up, you mean send him to super hell. No, when he gets back from super hell. Oh, okay. When he gets back from super hell and he's like, hey, I'm not the source anymore. I'm just Cole. Also, I'm like a weird god creature because i ate everyone in super hell oh my god i love cole <laughs> anyway cole wakes up and he's next to phoebe and he's like oh no how can i tell my fiance that i'm possessed by the source of all evil okay i know that the seer is using magic or whatever or the forces of darkness are conspiring to protect cole from her visions but how shitty of a precog is phoebe <laughs> like how bad at being a psychic are you when your boyfriend is possessed by the source of all evil and you just don't notice. Forget being a precog. How shitty a girlfriend are you? Oh, yeah, because Cole is the most suspicious <laughs> dude on the face of the planet this episode. Like, we're, uh, it gets worse over the course of the episode. Cole is... <sighs> he's, he's magically bound to not tell her. Like, because he's possessed, he can't tell her that he's possessed. And yet he's out here... Doing everything except wearing a shirt that says I'm possessed. And Phoebe's like, yeah, I think Cole's fine. It's fine. They've been through this so many times this season alone. Like, we've talked about it before. If you're... Just assume possession. Yeah, well, yeah, just assume possession. If someone starts acting weird, assume they're possessed. This is why you need safe words for this sort of thing. But, uh... Piper is cooking. She's a chef lady, if you might. You well, she's a, she's a baker now. Because remember, baking is different than cooking. It, they are very, very different skills. That's Cook, what I'm saying. Cooking is an art. Baking is chemistry. I mean, I guess she's cooked too, because like the table is just weighed down with a massive amount of food, but we see her taking some croissants out of the oven. Yeah, and Leo is just shoveling food in his mouth. Remember, like, two episodes ago when Phoebe was possessed by the 50s housewife yeah. ring? That's what it's like, except it's just a shit ton of food, and also there's no possession involved. It's just Piper needing to cook. Well, she's celebrating the fact that they, you know, fulfilled their destiny by destroying the source of all evil, which is a very big deal, which no one treats like a big deal. I mean, I guess it doesn't really change things that much, but, like, Piper, Piper's like, I made this giant meal for us to celebrate, and then Paige orbs in on top of her. 
because Paige is practicing, you know, regular orbing and not just her orbing in place thing. Right. So she's orbing from upstairs to downstairs, but she orbs like two feet above the ground and falls on Piper. I like that. That's a good that's a good little little bit there. And then Paige starts shoveling food in her mouth. She like climbs off of Piper and she starts just shoveling food in her mouth because as Leo establishes in this scene, orbing burns a lot of calories. That makes sense to me. I buy it. I guess. It, it's not really something I think we ever see with them again, but I guess, I don't know if Leo could be snacking off screen. He's like, why do you think I married a chef? And I'm like, shut up, Leo. Yeah, shut up, Leo. You didn't. You married a club owner. That's <laughs> true. Anyway, he and Paige take off for their white lighter stuff. And Phoebe comes in all sad and depressed. And because she saw what her hair looks like? I mean, she's got, like, these really, really tiny curtain bangs. It's not good. It's a terrible... I think this is the worst Phoebe's hair has ever looked. Like, um, Alyssa Milano is an amazingly beautiful woman. But, they're, oh They're my trying God. their best to make that not be true. Oh, my God. Forget the whole Queen of Hell thing. These bangs should be Phoebe's biggest regret. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess I agree because I'm I'm down with the Queen of Hell stuff. Anyway, she tells Piper that the reason she's all depressed is because she has, like, premonition constipation. Like, she feels a premonition coming, but, it, like, it never comes. And Piper's like, oh, that's just cold feet. I had cold feet before I got married. Yes, Piper, we remember. You also had cold feet during your getting married. I mean, to be fair, Prue was astral projecting her subconscious desires and a biker came and ruined your wedding in one of the most hilarious clips from Charmed. But Okay, so Leo is better than Wickham, just to be clear about what I'm about to say. Oh, okay. We're going full Pride and Prejudice here. Okay, Leo is better than Wickham, but um, spoilers for Pride and Prejudice? I, I really think you're in the clear there. Okay. So when Lydia runs off with Wickham and he, like, steals her honor or whatever, mm. and then, like, Darcy has to chase after them and, like, threaten Wickham and, like, pay him off so that he marries Lydia so that she's not as disrespectable as she was, and then they come back to Pemberley, and Lydia is, now she is a married lady, and she doesn't know all of the shenanigans that went on. Like, she doesn't know Wickham was going to, like, reject her and leave her a dishonored woman or whatever. Mm. So when they come back to Pemberley and they're all having dinner and like Elizabeth knows what has happened to save her honor. And she's just like, I'm a married lady now. Unlike you girls. Ooh, we should all go out and I'll chaperone. That's what Piper is right now. <laughs> she got hers. Yeah. She's like, I have been married for six months. I know everything about being married. You've been married for very little time and you have spent almost all of it fighting with your husband right i mean i would not take marriage tips from you piper you and leo are constantly at each other's throats for no reason also i feel like she keeps trying to compare like her situation marrying a white lighter a thing that is super forbid like i keep feel like she keeps trying to compare their situations and while they are analogous there are some pretty significant differences between what's going on with Phoebe and what was happening with Piper. Also, also, like, uh, Phoebe's been having cold feet 
ever since Cole first proposed. And I mean, even, it's not, I wouldn't call it cold feet because she didn't want to, she was unsure about accepting the proposal to begin with. Yeah, and she's always been a little, like, one foot out of this relationshipy. Like... Okay, so I actually disagree with you there. I wouldn't say she's one foot out of the relationship. I would just say that she hasn't been sold on the concept of marriage. Before they got engaged, she she had that stuff about, is Cole going to want to be with me now that he's human? And then before that, it was, does Cole actually like like me, or is he just interested in my charms and it's like he's he's a he's a demon who betrayed everyone he's ever known for you feed beep like the reason you're not seeing him that often is because he's trying to escape from bounty hunters that are trying to kill him will he still love her when she gets old and wrinkly that she looks like david brinkley (laughs) is she crazy is she dreaming is she marrying a demon they could really raise the beam in making marriage a hell I do not, I, I really kind of want to make an edit of I'll Never Tell to Cole and Phoebe. It would work really well. It works really well. All right, I'm going to think on that. I'm going to think on that. Okay. Anyway, back to this episode. Cole's down in hell chatting with the. The Sears room. Yeah. Which is probably in hell. Chatting with the seer. He's all like, hey, um, how come you didn't tell me that the source was going to possess my body? And she's like, you didn't ask. Also, I feel like she was pretty clear that, I mean, she didn't outright say it or anything, but but the whole, you would be a good source of evil. Source of all evil, Balthazar. Yeah, I guess. Factions. Oh my God, we're back to talking about goddamn factions. It's the same shit we were dealing with when the source was alive, except instead of, you know... You, you know, since the source has been weakened, factions are rising. It's since the source has fallen, factions are rising. See, that's not the part that bugs me. The part that bugs me here is that she tells him that the part of him that's human is the part that's keeping the source from, like, fully winning this fight. So the part of him that loves Phoebe is the part that's keeping the source from possessing him. But I, I just don't like that as a plot point. Like, when he's fully the source of all evil... He still loves Phoebe, and I will not be convinced otherwise. I'm pretty sure that she ends up changing tax on this. I don't know when the whole, actually, I need the half-charmed, one-half-source-of-all-evil baby thing started. Because we were supposed to think that it was her plan all along, even though it definitely wasn't. Because Mm -hmm. she's talking about Phoebe as being expendable at this point. Because she's just talking to the source in Cole. But later things pivot so that Phoebe's survival to bear the child is a really important part of her plan. I feel like they hadn't figured that out yet, so we have this weird thing where the seer is like, you know, if Phoebe dies, then, you know, there'll be no humanity left, or the human part of him will just give up because it'll be too sad. And it's like, no, you need Phoebe for your plan. I I, I do generally like this episode, but... Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah... You're, you're right that the seer does kind of change motivations there halfway through. And I just, I don't like that it's about either him loving Phoebe or him being the source. I like the idea of the source of all evil being in love with Phoebe. Like, that works for me a lot. Yeah, like, the source... The source is weird because it's sort of just an amorphous force that possesses different demons. Mm-hmm. 
So, I guess it's like the Phoenix Force. Yes! Where, to make a Marvel Comics reference. Yeah, where it doesn't... It doesn't make you a new person. It just sort of makes you the most extreme version of yourself. Yes! Which is why it's always weird when people are like, oh, the Phoenix possessed Cyclops, and, the, and that's why he killed Professor X. And it's like, no, it's... I guess like being drunk, where it's just sort of you without inhibitions mm-hmm. except I, I i like my previous thing i said more where the phoenix just takes you to your logical emotional end points yeah yeah the source is like that except it's also the source of all evil yeah so your most negative emotional end points and as we learned from buffy just because you are evil does not mean you can't love it's just you get the horrible parts of the horrible creepy possessive parts of love well yeah remember a few episodes ago when phoebe and cole were possessed by the bank Bank robbers robbers. they they were they were absolutely in love even though they were evil bank robbing ghosts (laughs) Uh. that episode anyway cole cole is sent back to the surface world where now he's doing like a smeagol in the mirror (laughs) yes he the source is talking to cole in the mirror and cole's all sweaty and the source is all sweaty and he like stumbles out of the bathroom after having a little argument with himself and phoebe's like hey cole you sure are sweaty and it smells like brimstone what what's going on and he's like nothing shut up i love you or whatever uh i have to go bye he's like i need to tell you but i'm being prevented from tell and she's like it's fine don't worry we'll talk about it later Dear God, if you like sweaty Julian McMahon, this is the episode for you, because that man is just, I'm assuming baby oiled or something. I don't know how they do fake sweat. I'm assuming they didn't just, I don't know, put him in a sauna (laughs) before all of his scenes. No, I think you're right. I think it's just baby oil. Yeah. But he sweatily bursts out of the scene, and Piper's like, what's going on there? And Phoebe's like, uh if only I had some sort of power that could tell me what was going on. I know, it's unfair to criticize her for that when they're actively I mean, magical forces. She's a charmed one. Shouldn't, shouldn't that mean something? Right. It feels like every other, I know we mentioned this before, but multiple times even, but it feels like every other psychic character is better with their powers than Phoebe. Okay, so speaking of psychic characters being better... We find this other demon who's, like, the head of a demon gang, and he's like, yeah, we're gonna rule the underworld. It's a faction. <laughs> Factions are rising. Yeah, yeah. And the seer shows up, and she's like, hey, there's this, like, super weak witch who's definitely not part of the Charmed Ones. You just need to kill her, and everything will be fine. Meaning, of course, Phoebe. Yeah, I know this. I'm, I'm a seer. I foresaw you. <laughs> I, I foresaw you taking power if you kill this one witch. <laughs> so... Over at Paige's work, she's about to get promoted. God, I just hate this plot so much. She's about to get promoted because... Hey, everyone. It's a personal gain plot. Okay, it is. there's so much personal gain bullshit happening right now. I'm just going to go off, okay? Okay. So she's about to get promoted, and she's like, Oh, no, I'm going to be promoted to social worker. The thing that I wanted. Right, which... Okay. Anyway... She's like, oh no, I'm going to be promoted to a social worker because specifically of the work I did last week with that woman who was trying to get custody back for her kid. And since I used a spell for just that final bit to get her over the finish line to make her not look like she'd had the shit beaten out of her, because I did that spell, 
This will be personal gain. Never mind the, I'm sure, tens if not hundreds of hours of work that I put in before that to help this woman. Plus, like, every other thing she's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she she questions her boss about it because he, she's like, oh, cool, I'm getting a promotion. Wait, it's not because of that one woman. He's like, well, that's definitely what put you over that guy who's been working here longer and deserve this the job more because he's a man i mean it's page it's treated like he deserves the job because of seniority or whatever but page did so much to help that woman and you're right she only used magic at the end to cover up the fact that she had been attacked by her ex-boyfriend yeah like like literally every other part of reuniting that woman and her child Paige just did with social worker stuff. Yes! Yes! Meanwhile, meanwhile, in like... Oh my god. Oh my god. The con- the contrastingness of these two scenes, one right after the other. Oh my god. And the thing is, I feel like the show is not aware of what it's doing. In the attic and the manor, first of all, Phoebe's all like stroking the Balthazar page. Like, oh, I like a little monster in my man. And I don't know what's going on with him now that he's not Balthazar. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to do a spell to let me know if I should marry him or not. That's not personal gain, right? And Piper's like, nah, go ahead, do a spell. It's it's not personal gain if you phrase it the correct way. Okay, a few things. Yeah. A few things. Personal gain is bullshit. If you can't use magic for personal gain, what are we doing here? Like, this means she can't. Like, do a tarot spread, right? Yeah. Like, because that's essentially what she's doing, is a spell to know her own heart. But secondly, I kind of do believe that magic would work that way, where it's like, oh, it's it's fairy rules, where if you word it right, then it doesn't count as personal gain. Yep. In P- which case, P- nothing P- should be personal gain, because they should know what they're doing at this point to not have to deal with personal gain. Piper also mentions that if she keeps her intentions pure, then it doesn't count. But her intentions are for personal gain. If helping a ghost because you want to is personal gain, then knowing your future so that you can know if you're doing the right thing is personal gain. Piper also tells Phoebe not to mention that she's doing this to Paige because then Paige will think that she can use magic to do oh whatever she wants. Oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ, Piper. Anyway, downstairs demons are attacking. Uh, demons from the faction. From, from, from the faction. Paige tries to use her directed orbing, but she falls on her ass again, and Piper just blows him up because... Not all of them, but, you know, enough of them so that they realize, whoops, this is the Charmed One's house. We should probably book out. I'm distracted by Paige's belt, which I did not notice at any previous point watching this episode. What's up with her belt? I, I don't she's, think she's got a belt buckle that's just two pairs. It's a pair of pairs. And it's like, it's super cute, but it's so random. I, I kind of want one. All right. That is all. So Piper calls Leo down and is like, hey, Leo, I thought we'd be like done fighting demons, you know, because the source is dead. And Leo's like, no, remember factions, they're rising and they probably want to fill the source's power vacuum. And, you know, to prove that they can, they do that by killing you. And Piper's like, so that accomplished nothing. And Leo's like, it didn't accomplish nothing. It's just, you know, you're not going to run out of demons until several seasons from now when you, you know, 
do manage to kill every upper level demon and the lower level demons are like you know what not worth it which <laughs> you'd think they would have hit the point after they killed the source of all evil but i guess if you were already gunning for his position yeah leo does weirdly jump to the right conclusion here though where he's like they must have not known you were the charmed ones now that they know it's probably gonna change the way that they approach you mm. so upstairs phoebe's casting the spell by the way i see nothing in the way this spell is worded that makes it not personal gain by the way no personal gain no personal gain <laughs> but yes yeah, it also involves burning an index card that says should i marry cole I feel like this spell is kind of a douchebag because, I mean, I get what it... Wait, was this the personal gain blowback? Maybe. Maybe if uh, she had worded it better, it would have just been like, no. Yeah, right? So instead of actually giving her an answer, instead she gets visited by an old woman and a young girl who are her past self and her future self. Old her is like, you should have moisturized more! I mean, not really. She looks fine. Like, I'm not actually criticizing the way this older actress looks, except that Phoebe is, like, horrified. Yeah, Phoebe Phoebe is apparently uh, unaware of what the, the passage of, of time. time. Yeah, like, she's like, what happened to my face? Did some demon do that to me? And the woman's like, no, I'm old. What, what? Which, I mean, not a guarantee in the Hollowell family. So Right, if anything, you should be relieved that you get to get old. You know who doesn't have an old woman come visit her? True. Right. <laughs> So, also, young Phoebe, it's weird casting. She, I don't think she looks At all like Phoebe? Yeah, she looks nothing like Alyssa Milano, but... Well, so I was checking this actress's IMDb because I thought I recognized her from something. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's actually in nothing else. Like, nothing. So I think she's, like, some producer's kid or something. I mean, she does an okay job. She's It's child acting. It's fine. She's fine. Oh, I have no problem with her acting. It's just, as you say, she looks nothing like Alyssa Milano. Yeah, they, they probably, they chose the kid that would stand on, like, the, hit their mark and say the line's the best. So right. it's not a huge thing that she doesn't look like Alyssa Milano. Cole enters the attic as Kid Phoebe flips out and runs downstairs. And he immediately gets whacked in the face by old Phoebe, which is pretty awesome. I wish we got more old Phoebe. She's really not in this episode enough. Yeah, I love it. She's like, I am not going to tell you your future. I do not want you to know what happens. But I do not have a wedding ring on this hand. Hey, Cole, see this hand? (laughs) It's great. They explain to Cole that this is, because Cole's like, so who's the slap happy old woman? And they're like, it's Phoebe's future self. And he's like, oh, oh. Hey, let's uh, let's get this lady out of here, huh? Before she can right? <laughs> like, ooh, this is not good for me as a guy who's secretly the source of all evil. He's also like all suspicious. Like, what desire were you curious about? Obviously, Cole, she's having doubts. Like, poor Phoebe wanted to just have doubts and peace, and instead she has two like actual physical humans out here just that are flashing signs of Phoebe doesn't want to marry you. Phoebe's looking for any excuse to not marry you. Okay. Okay, all of the charmed ones are mega dumb. Like, they they go downstairs to... They, they, they take old Phoebe, they go downstairs to try to get a handle on young Phoebe because if anything happens to her, current, present-day Phoebe will die. Also old Phoebe, I guess. 
Yeah, I don't think they will. I think that we, we fractured the timelines, but all right, carry on, Hallowells, I guess. So they leave Paige to look up to see if she can find the faction in the Book of Shadows. And she's like, hey, Cole, you used to be a demon. Do you know anything about these faction people? And Cole flames out from behind her. He, he gets drawn back into the seer's lair. But she does not notice this at all. And she turns around. Not even and, a little bit. Well, she turns around. And she's like, oh, I guess he left. He was behind you. Like, I guess that's I, that's why you didn't see the flame out, which I would imagine would change the lighting in that room. But, like, you didn't think it's weird that Cole very randomly disappeared from behind you? By she's way, distracted by all the personal gain she's been dealing with today. Yeah. By the way, uh, we are recording this on New Year's Eve, which is why... If, if you hear fireworks... Just, just think of it as a faction, a demonic faction rising in the background of this podcast. So down in hell, Cole tells the seer, basically, Phoebe's visions are blocked, but she called her future self, so she's going to find out I'm the source soon enough. And the seer's like, yeah, I don't foresee that happening, so it's not going to happen because I'm a way better precog than she is. Now, back you go. Back to the surface. Dear Lord. So... Phoebe's future self is just like a totally different person then, huh? Because she's like, I can't believe I used to dress like such a trollop. And Phoebe's like, you're from the future. Shouldn't you be using current slang and just be old? Why would you be using old-timey old person slang? Yeah, that's true, right? Like, high-waisted pants used to be something that young people wore. It was a hip, cool thing. And then they aged out and it became an old person thing. You don't... Right. You don't pick up elderly habits from the old generation so she's going through all phoebe's stuff her trollopy clothes her picture albums and phoebe doesn't want her to be distracted phoebe just wants to know what does the future hold and old phoebe's like yep no can't can't help you can't change the past sorry sorry girly and phoebe's like ah but this isn't the past it's the present and future Phoebe's like, no, you're not going to confuse me that easy, young me. She's like, it's my past. And Phoebe's like, ugh, why do I suck so much? Why does she suck so much? But she, she points out, she's like, you know, it was a pretty strong hint that something went down. The fact that you went down and, you know, smacked Cole and also no wedding ring. I love that old Phoebe's like, you know what? That's between him and me. And Phoebe's <laughs> like, I am you, bitch! I really wish we got more old Phoebe. Like, I, I don't like how they play her. Yeah, I don't like how they play her. Actually, I kind of but... do like how they play her because she's just so annoyed with her past self. And that's how I, I love time travel when you're annoyed with your past self. She she even tells young Phoebe, by the way, this is why it's a splinter timeline. She tells young Phoebe, you know what? I didn't need to spell to figure out what to do. OK, yeah. I just I guess I'm different. R.I.P. I mean, it makes a. Honestly, the big thing I wish that they changed was the trollop thing. Oh, yeah. But this episode should just be old Phoebe talking smack to young Phoebe because I feel like if you had to deal with a younger version of yourself, it would be the worst thing ever. Right. Oh, also, young Phoebe asks, or, you know, our Phoebe, Alyssa Milano, asks old Phoebe if Cole cheats on her. Like... Phoebe, you're not worried about him cheating. You're worried about him becoming a demon again. Get your prayer. Girl. Girl. Figure your shit out. You don't even know what you're worried about. So in the solarium, 
Piper's trying very hard not to hit a child. Speaking of being annoyed with your younger selves, or in this case, Phoebe's younger self. Yeah. Phoebe's younger self has hidden herself in a corner and is scream singing over and over again. Well, because she doesn't know who all these people are. She doesn't She doesn't know she's young Phoebe. And then she, she depressingly tells our Phoebe, get away from me or I'll sick prue on you. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's one of the things in the series finale where it's like, hmm, Grams and Patty sure aren't asking a lot of questions about where Prue is in this time travel adventure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they mention it a couple of times, but it's like, I mean, I know everyone took amnesia juice or whatever, but like. I feel like it would really mess you up knowing that your daughter died in the future. Yeah, it definitely would. Definitely. So, speaking of amnesia dust, Phoebe says to young Phoebe, she's like, yeah, I'm old you. I brought you here with magic. You know how Grams explains magic to you all the time? So, this is before they had their powers stripped. No, no. Because Patty was pregnant when that happened. Also, Patty's been... Patty's dead at this point in Phoebe's life. Okay, so... Okay, and I guess Grams does still talk about magic because she knew about the woogie. So even after their powers were stripped, Grams used the spell in front of her to banish the woogie. Yeah, I... This... The premise of the show kind of disappears later. Mm-hmm. There's a point in, I think, season six or seven where Piper is talking to Grams because at that point, Grams can just come back all willy nilly. Sure. And Grams mentioned, like, Grams talks about, you know, you remember when you were uh, when you were little and I gave you the witch talk. I explained to you about witch stuff, which ignores the whole premise of the show, them not knowing that they were witches until they were older. As the seasons go on, that falls more and more by the wayside. By the last couple of seasons, they definitely knew about magic as kids. All right, I guess that's where we are. But yeah, this this is the beginning of that. I mean, I guess the Woogie episode established that Phoebe saw her fight the Woogie, and that was a spell Grams taught them, although they thought it was just like, you know, that thing where you buy monster anti-monster spray, right. and it's just like water that you spritz yeah. in your kid's room so that they're Wait, not... you buy it i mean I used to, I used, when i babysat i used to make it yeah you can you can make it but it's stronger if you make it although i guess if you can't make it yourself store-bought store is, is fine. fine all right so cole comes in sweaty disheveled cole stumbles drunkenly into the room with like a five o'clock shadow and his like eyes are all red and bloodshot he looks like Five miles of bad road, and young Phoebe's like, ooh, who's that? Is that our Prince Charming? Because we're Cinderella, because Cinderella's our favorite fairy tale. And Phoebe's like, I'm going to tuck that away for, for later. Ah, Put yeah. that in your back pockets. I feel like you've said that a lot, but so hopefully our listeners have, like, deep back pockets. Well, they, they, they I would hope that they had those uh, pants that were popular when i was in high school the the giant black pants that had all those pockets oh yeah 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 you could get them at hot topic i didn't have a pair but i had friends that did i feel like 
the person who wrote this script was writing the stuff with the time travel on a different day that they were writing the stuff with Cole, and they didn't think about how much Cole was going to look like shit during this scene. Also, I feel like he is going to look like an old man. To He's not like a handsome young guy. I don't know. I think it's a pretty normal thing for kids to get crushes on adults. I mean... Okay, so when I was a kid... Mm-hmm. I had a crush on Luke Skywalker. Yeah. As an adult, I'm all about Han Solo, right? I didn't watch ER, but I feel like as a kid, I would have been about all about Noah Wiley. Whereas as an adult, I would be all about George Clooney, right? Cole is not Luke Skywalker. Cole is not Noah Wiley. Julian McMahon is Han Solo. Does that make sense? No, it, it does, but... I think there are a lot of people who have prepubescent crushes on Han Solo. I, I don't think it's that unusual. Okay. Like it's it's a little kid thing. It's. I'm just saying. Know. I feel like when you're when you're the young girl like that, you fall in love with like a different type of guy than Julian McMahon. I feel like Julian McMahon. Oh, but she's Phoebe, and her heart senses the future love she'll have for Cole. I feel like Julian McMahon is something that you need to have, like... Gone through puberty. Yeah, you need to have, like, you need to have a woman's heart to be into Julian McMahon, or other parts. I like that phrasing there. (laughs) The phrase, the woman's heart. Yes. A woman's heart. (laughs) It's very Anne McCaffrey-y. Oh, God. I didn't say it was very Piers Anthony. Oh my god! Well, Piers Anthony would never talk about women. <laughs> maybe you should cut that, or maybe not. I don't know. No, no. We're. I've talked about Xanth a lot on my Twitter because it was a book series I was super into in middle school, and I've revisited it a couple of times as an adult. And oh my god, I cannot believe I read those books as a kid. Like, they are the creepiest goddamn books in the universe. Okay, you only think that they're the creepiest books in the universe because you didn't read that one book of his, that, like, Journey Into Time book, which I keep meaning to make a TikTok about because it's it's so fucked up. I need to share it with everyone. Yes, for a second I thought you were going to bring up Mode, and I was like, yes, Mode is creepier than Xanth. Although Xanth is, like, consent issues the series, and also there's a lot... Piers Anthony seems like he's a really stand-up guy in real life, but his books contain some deeply creepy shit that you don't think of as creepy when you're reading them as a middle schooler, and the main characters are middle schoolers, and then you read them as an adult, and you're like, oh my god! Well, he has a whole book that's an anti-miscegenation book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't even touching on that. I mean, his issues with sexuality and his racism are different but they're both very bad i don't know there's a thing now that we have a kid there's a lot of classics i enjoyed as a child that i am revisiting before we uh before we read them to our child i was a big narnia fan and i don't have any problems with the overt christianity yeah that's fine whatever it's a thing my problem is with, there's some pretty racist stuff in a couple of the books. Well, it's like the Alana books, which I loved as a kid, but there is like, 
there is one particular transphobic bit that like knocked the breath out of me when I got to it as um you know uh revisiting it and like I won't go into it too much I'll just say like I'm, I'm a cis woman and if I had been like if I had been like a little trans boy reading it I it would have like scarred me deeply like yeah yeah so charmed charmed let's but talk about- seriously if there's a book from your childhood and you're thinking about giving it to a child of yours or a relative or a young person in general, just maybe revisit it real quick because there's so much stuff that you don't realize is fucked up until you read it as an adult. Yep, yep. That's that's just good advice. Yeah. There's a whole horrible episode of The Simpsons about it, which is... It's just a smokescreen. Okay, I know you said we were done. Okay, but yeah, we have to talk about it a little bit, right? Well, because the funny thing about that to me is that it's a, it's a, an obvious, okay, so obviously the whole thing is just them being like, um, there's nothing wrong with a poo, stop, stop bugging us about it, right? But. Okay, so the plot of the episode is that there's a book that Marge really loved as a little girl that she's very excited to give to Lisa. But she starts reading it to Lisa, and she realizes, wow, this is really, really sexist and incredibly racist. Mm -hmm. So she starts changing it, and the way she changes it, she changes it so that the little girl protagonist isn't overtly racist and a lot of sexist stuff doesn't happen. And Lisa points out it's kind of a boring book where nothing happens. And Marge is like... Okay, the thing is, it's really good in its original context, but its original context contains a lot of offensive stuff. And Lisa has this speech about how some things may seem bad by today's standards, but since they were established in the past, it's super cool if they're still around. Okay, a couple of things. Yeah? She gives that speech directly to the camera while, like, holding up a picture of Apu. Like, it's not subtle. It is not subtle. Also, those two situations are in no way analogous. Right? You're still making The Simpsons! Also, the car- the, the writer of, of these offensive books is clearly supposed to be a Francis Hodges stand-in. And there's a whole, like, thing where they go to, like, the Francis Hodges museum or whatever they, they talked to some like literature professors i think and they find out that she was actually really revolutionary specifically because she was a lesbian and like this was like a, a huge thing for her to be writing in this time which Frances Hodge was also a lesbian and the thing that i find kind of funny about that whole subplot is that one of my favorite childhood books was a little princess by Frances hodges and i 100 percent intend to uh make some some changes to it when i read it to our daughter like there will be there will be some some edits made when that book gets read to sam which i think is totally okay my when 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 i was little my mom read to kill mockingbird to me and she she kept it mostly the same she mostly just cut some specific words yeah and i think might have kind of fuzzed up the rape subplot a little bit Mm, yeah like but i i enjoyed her reading that book to me as a kid and then i read it later when i was older and you know could handle the uncensored words and also i feel like when your kids are older 
introducing them to problematic media is not bad. In fact, I think it's a, I think introducing them to problematic media and being critical of it is good. Like, I fully expect that when our daughter is, you know, 11 or 12, if she's still willing to sit and watch TV with us, mm. we will watch, you know, if she's not, like, off doing the TikToks with her. Or whatever it'll be. With her friends. Yeah, right? Um, and I assume we'll watch episodes of Friends and we'll discuss how this is really homophobic and, like, that was allowed to fly in the 90s and it is not okay. Wasn't okay then, isn't okay now. Like, I assume that we'll watch media that is problematic and talk about why it's problematic. Although there's no way in hell she's reading the Xanth books. I mean, I guess if she finds them on her own, but no, like, oh, no, it's... Uh, I don't want her to read them, but... I also don't want to be the guy who bans books, but we have two copies of Kilobyte in this house. <laughs> two. I read a lot of Piers Anthony as a kid, and I did not read any of the Xanth books because even as a kid, I thought they were terrible. I feel like we should just trust our daughter's taste. Okay. I don't know. I wouldn't be super thrilled about her reading Mode either, which is a series that is like built for oh yeah girls like it is a oh yeah she'll read mode i mean not like i'll i just mean if she's into fantasy sci-fi stuff she will probably read the mode books she'll probably come across them she'll probably read them it's piers anthony's series for girls like how strange magic is george lucas's star wars for girls strange magic is totally underrated i might have been altered when we watched it might not be okay to watch sober well, we'll try watching it with our daughter. We'll see what she thinks. She likes music. She likes musicals. It's, it is technically a musical. It's a jukebox musical, which, uh, not not to be musical classist or whatever, but uh, jukebox musicals. I don't know why you have such a problem with jukebox musicals. Write original music. I mean, it's it's fine. I like covers of songs and stuff, but uh, I don't know. For some reason, I think of jukebox musicals as lesser. Oh my God, charmed. We should get back to Charmed. So, remember the faction? Yeah, faction. Faction's rising. Faction. So, yeah, but the factions go to the seer, and they're like, hey, you totally fucking screwed us. You said it was one single weak witch, and it was the Charmed ones. And she's like... Wah, wah. Oops. She points out, she's like, hey, are you dead? No. Congratulations. You're the guy who went up against the Charmed ones and survived. Your rep just got better. Thank you. Okay, so she's so good at being the seer, not just having visions, but she's like, yeah, I foresaw that you would survive, and this is all part of a big plan to make you the source. Yeah, because he's like, I thought you only served the source. Why are you helping us? And she's like, because you fucking idiot, you're going to be the next source. Also, this is good because this isn't based on one of her premonitions. This is based on what Cole just told her. She's like, hey, Phoebe just summoned her younger self, so go kill the younger self, and then you'll destroy the power of three. I mean, th- this this isn't uh, this isn't what she's she's doing there, but I I kind of like how one of the seer's main powers is lying. Well, okay, okay, this isn't lying, but well, I mean, it's lying in that she's acting like this was part of a big plan she had when in fact she's just really good at winging it. Yeah. Like, being a good seer is, a lot A lot of it is seeing the future, but also a, a lot of it is kind of theatricality. Like... Oh, it's like a, it's like, in Megamind, right? What's the difference between a villain and a supervillain? 
presentation. Right? That's the difference between Phoebe and the Seer. Megamind's an underrated movie. I was just watching a video about it, and now I want to rewatch it. Yeah, I, I kind of do, too. I, I I didn't watch it the first time because I'm like, eh, like it, it seemed like a really cliche premise for a superhero movie or super villain movie and i was afraid it would be a little too despicable me which i know they're very popular i've not been able to finish one of those movies despicable me Make i, I know what you meant yeah huh also the main villain of megamind not megamind himself but redacted for those of you who haven't seen megamind yet I mean, it's pretty obvious it's pretty obvious but the main villain is kind of ahead of a lot of incel tropes. That was the video I was watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, uncharmed, Curzon shows up. Curzon is the name of the leader of the faction. Yeah. And he's all like, ooh, I'm going to kill young Phoebe. And young Phoebe's like, Cole, save me. And Cole jumps in front of the energy ball and takes the energy ball. And Curzon's like, oh, fuck, are you the source? And he's like, no, I'm Belthazar. And he's like, you're the source. And he's like, shut up, energy ball, energy ball, energy ball. So everybody comes downstairs and he's like, um, f- she fainted. Because she did faint. And I chased the demon away without using any supernatural or demonic powers. Don't worry about it. Okay, the demon was going to stab young Phoebe with a knife and Cole knocked it out of his hands. And... Everyone, like, Paige is a little suspicious. Paige is like, really? Really? So you, super powerless guy, just... Took on a demon in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, you took on a demon in hand-to-hand combat and disarmed him, so we have a thing we can use to track him now. That seems pretty, uh, pretty unlikely. And Cole's like, hey, Paige, shut up. Oh, speaking of Paige, young Phoebe's like, who are you? And Paige is like, oh, sister. Oh, yeah, sister. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't like, worry about she's it. She's a friend. She's a cousin. She's a, a friend of a cousin. A cousin of a friend. Cousin friend. So <laughs> they're like, you know what? Why don't we just have Leo uh, take her up to White Lighter Land? And uh, Graham's will erase her memory of all this later. Whatever. Who cares? Let's just get her out of the murder zone. Old Phoebe, though, can stay in the murder zone. Right, who cares what happens to old Phoebe? Also, our Phoebe is like, Cole, why did you risk your life to save her? And young Phoebe's like, because he loves us. Because he's our Prince Charming. This is an important thing for you to remember, the Prince Charming thing. I mean, is it really? Uh, Well, let's not her weird baby obsession from later oh god that's the worst it really does seem like they're trying to set up prince charming as a thing for phoebe but it's really just in this and the fairy tale episode later which calls back to the cinderella thing yeah so Paige finds the knife that cole knocked out of the demon's hands so like you said she's all suspicious of how he managed to do that in hand-to-hand combat but also they have the demon's knife now i i know it's not really a charmed thing but I really wish they hung on to more enchanted weapons, like the ring that protects you from uh, magic that they had in the shapeshifter episode with old dad or that knife that they used to kill Hakate. I'm using the pronunciation they used. Right. Like the, the knife that sucks in evil. Like there's a lot of tools I think that would be useful if they stuck around, but I guess that's not really what charmed does. Yeah, no. You, you gotta destroy the the 
anything useful. Otherwise, otherwise, it's personal gain. So, present Phoebe walks in on old Phoebe tongue kissing a picture of Cole, and she's like, "So, what? it's such a weird picture because it like it, it's obviously a screenshot of the two of them like staring at each other. Like, who took that picture?" I know I've mentioned this before, possibly when we talked about this, but uh, there's a bit I love in an X-Men comic where Cyclops is talking about the sacrifices they've had to make as X-Men. And there's a picture of, you know, the iconic cover from the Dark Phoenix saga of him cradling Jean Grey's body. Uh-huh. And it's behind him on the wall as a picture. And I'm like, who took that picture? Okay, at least that makes more sense, because I can imagine some, like, photojournalist who was there who managed to, like... On the moon. <laughs> Winter <laughs> he's on the moon! With Steve! To quote an old Eddie Izzard bit. But, yeah. Phoebe... <laughs> Phoebe's having a conversation Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now I'm just imagining this, like, moon photojournalist who's, like, up on the moon, like, now, and he's like, someday... Someday something's gonna happen on the moon! Then my day will come! God. I'll be the only one here. Exclusive. Steve, moon photographer. He's out there. (laughs) Documenting the moon. So Phoebe yells at old Phoebe about, like, look, you... Clearly something went down. You need to tell me about it or we're doomed to your shitty future. And future Phoebe's like, you don't know what my life is like. Maybe I have a perfectly nice life. And she's like, no, you're clearly a bitter, miserable old woman. So tell me if I should marry Cole. Also, she, right. (laughs) Also, she tells old Phoebe, like, we believe magic happens for a reason. And I'm like, yeah, Phoebe, the reason is you cast a spell. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this whole magic always happens for a reason thing is a weird runner in Charmed, which it happens because your witch isn't. That's the reason. So, <laughs> they're all weirdly kind of walking around because she goes downstairs to talk to her sisters and Cole, and Paige is pretty like, I feel like all signs point to not marrying Cole. Right, which is which is oh, embarrassing. Totally. Cole's right there. Cole is right <laughs> there. Also, Paige is using the dagger to, like, scry to figure out where the demons are. Wouldn't... I, I would just assume they were in the underworld. But... Oh, we skipped over, but the source banished them from the underworld when they went oh, against the source. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this uh, backstory will be later repeated for Zanku, except he got sealed in, like, a pyramid or something because he was too powerful and he was a threat to the source and god the source was really not great at his job was he yeah he there were a lot of coups against the source i guess that makes sense if you're trying to run you know hell also if your whole thing is that you just jump from body to body or at least if you have the ability to do so i guess you wouldn't worry too much about coups because if somebody cooed you you'd just jump into their body Mm. in fact you might rely on coups because if somebody cooed you, that would mean that they were more powerful than the body you were inhabiting and you would want their body. That was the thing with Apocalypse in uh, one of the X-Men storylines. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. See? Anyway, Paige figures out where the demons are and she's like, all right, let's go fight the demons. Cole, you coming? And he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't have demon powers. Remember? No, no demon powers. Yeah, I mean, I sure, I, I fought a demon in hand-to-hand combat using... Nothing but my human skills, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm 
I think maybe it's a bad idea if I go to literal hell to fight demons. Well, no, it's or, not well, literal, not literal hell, yeah. a cave somewhere or wherever they're hanging out. Somewhere I think gross, it's an probably. alley. <laughs> an alley, yeah. Just never go in alleys. I know there are some times where it feels like you need to go in an alley for some reason. Don't. Don't. So Paige is like, whatever, Colin storms off. She is barely, barely out of the room when the seer, like, fires him back down into hell. Like, I mean, I guess the seer can time that sort of thing pretty well with her powers. Oh, I think it's probably part of the theatrics of what she's doing, actually, now now that I think about it. I feel like a not insignificant amount of her job is just kind of being an asshole. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, Cole's like, hey, you tried to get the factions to kill Phoebe. And she's like, yeah, so that the source could take over your body. I don't know why we're fighting. Why are we fighting? Your love for Phoebe is the only thing that's stopping you from assuming full control of Cole and, you know, getting all of your full powers. And he's like, how do you like my full powers now? And he makes a little... Uh, it's the cool, like, metal ball that's on fire, fireball. He It looks good. I like that effect. Like, I'm sure they spent all of the money on that effect. Yeah, he, he blapes up a a fireball and he has it hovering behind him and he's like, seriously though, tell me why I shouldn't kill you. Like, yeah, I'm the source of all evil, but I'm still very much Cole. Like, although he does say, you know, you tried to kill the woman that Cole is, that he's in love with. And the series like, oh, pronoun shift. You're becoming the source of all evil. And he, he blasts the wall behind her with the fireball. And he's like, next one won't miss. And she's like, seer. I know it will. Seer, come on. Then she sends Cole back up to the manor. And old Phoebe is there like, hey, Cole. What up, Cole? Or should I say, source of all evil? And he's like, are you going to tell me? And she's like, no. Look, in my timeline, you became the source, and my sisters and I killed you, and it really bummed me out, and I decided to swear off men forever. But I do still love you, even even after the source took you over and I had to kill you. I never stopped loving you. A piece of me will always love you, but sometimes, you know... Well, he, he says, also, he says, but that's not enough. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe it could be. Maybe, maybe if I was a better wife. You wouldn't have become the source. Maybe, maybe if we actually got married, I wouldn't have had to send you to super hell. Hmm, let's see how that works out. Yeah, it, it's true. She points out that uh, they didn't end up getting married and then he got taken over by the source. So maybe if she marries him, he won't be. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is still Phoebe Hollowell. She also tells him... Do you think she has Ask Phoebe in this timeline? Oh my god. Because Cole Cole being possessed by the source is the thing that... It, I guess she probably did because it happens before they get married, right? It does. It happens two episodes from now. In the fifth Halloween. Ep- is that... That's not the episode where they get married. No. Actually, no. That might be the episode after they got married. Do they get married next week? They might get married next week. I don't know. I guess we'll know when we uh, when we read the peacock description. Yes. Anyway. But, yeah. Old I, Phoebe... I, but wait, wait. You skipped over the important thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just that Phoebe always loved him. It's that he never stopped loving her. Even when he became the source of all evil, he never stopped loving her, which is important. 
Because the seer keeps telling him that he's going to have to stop loving her before he can become the source of all evil. But no, that's not how it went down. Wrong. They're just going to kind of merge. Yeah. I mean, we don't really get a good grasp on how the whole source thing works. So So then the faction guy blinks into the manor and is like, Ooh, am I interrupting something between you two lovebirds? Because Cole and old Phoebe are like touching faces and <laughs> rubbing faces. faces. Yeah. Meanwhile, the sisters are like, gosh, the demons aren't in this alley. Let's rescry. And they do. And they're like, oh, they're at the manor. If only we had some way we could teleport. But Leo has Leo, Leo has young Phoebe and we can't risk young Phoebe. If only there was another teleporter. And Paige is like, hey, that's one of my two plots this episode. I got two subplots and they both suck. So she does, she teleports them. It's actually an, another fun effect where she takes her sister's hands and she and Phoebe orb out and then the orb like slowly comes back to encompass Piper because it's taking her a minute to figure out how to do it and how to like bring other people along with her. Meanwhile, Cole is going mano a mano with the faction leader guy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say mano a demon, but it's demon a demon. Yeah. Demon a demon a man. Luckily, before he has demon to use... Demon man demon. Ooh. Luckily, before he has to use any of his demon powers, thus exposing himself to the sisters, they show up and cast a power of three spell and vanquish the demon. So all is well. Paige successfully orbs the sisters into the manor because now she can just orb like a regular white lighter. I think she has a few more episodes where she's not very good at it, but mm -hmm. we're well into Paige being a viable plan B teleporter-wise. Yeah. Or would she be plan A because she's one of the sisters? I, I feel like Leo's still the main yeah, Leo's magic school bus. Yeah, Leo's still plan A. So, old Phoebe is dying because she jumped in front of the demon sword to save Cole. And she's like, I guess I do love him. Go ahead and marry him because I died for him. So, it would be pretty, pretty shitty to die if you don't marry him. Yeah, like, I wasn't going to ruin the timeline when I thought I had a timeline to go back to. But now that I'm dying, fuck it. Maybe I'll get a few more years of life if you marry Cole. Blah. So then she disappears. Leo shows back up with young Phoebe, who also disappears because now Phoebe knows her heart's desire. So the time traveling people don't have to be there anymore. So old Phoebe will die in her timeline, which is good because otherwise it would be just a mess of paperwork. You can't even imagine the paperwork if you die in the wrong timeline. So do you think she she disappeared from her timeline in because of Phoebe's spell? And then her corpse is just going to get teleported back. Well, she still had like a couple of seconds of life. So I think she just. <laughs> so like she was having tea in the solarium with old Paige and old Piper. She blorped out and then she's going to blorp back in as a bleeding out corpse or near corpse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward for everyone. So now we're doing the rest. Hell, we, we, we didn't see her in the future that we see in the end of the series with Old Piper and Old Leo. For all we know, this is canonically how... How Phoebe, Phoebe dies. Yeah. So now we're... Uh, now we're doing the wrap-up. Yeah, because Phoebe has decided that since future her died, she will marry Cole. Why have so many episodes in this season ended with her deciding to marry Cole? She, she just marry Cole or don't like 
so many plots have been like, oh, I guess I will marry Colt. Just marry him then. Okay. I mean, I know, I know, source of all evil. But she's she's upstairs, like, thinking about how she's going to marry Cole. But Paige is downstairs asking Piper, um, didn't we just send young Phoebe back with, like, a whole lot of knowledge? And Piper's like, eh, don't worry, Grams will just erase her memory. What? I mean, we we knew this from the last past episode. I know, but still. Like, just so casually throw that out. Also, Paige has decided she's not going to take the promotion. And her reasoning is... Phoebe used magic to change her future, but I used magic to change Scott's future. This white man should have been promoted ahead of me. What I did was bad. I used magic to gain promotion ahead of this white man. Which you didn't. You used it to help a woman get her child back, which was also the end result of a lot of grunt work. Leg work. Whatever kind of work doesn't involve magically concealing someone's facial wounds anyway cole goes to talk to phoebe and he's like so that spell that was to find out if you should marry me right he was like oh yeah that was pretty obvious huh and he cole is so hurt well cole's like we've done this plot so many times this season and you're still not sure if you want to marry me and she's like no this time it really stuck this time the lesson totally landed that I want to marry you for realsies. And Cole's like, ugh, fine. I, I want to marry you, sweaty, weird acting man. Well, what's weird is it's not even that she wants to marry him. She's like, my old self was willing to die for you and you were willing to die for my young self. So I guess that's love. <laughs> that's what love is, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Being willing to die. She's also like, hey, uh... Can I just ask you what's going on with you? And he's like, nothing, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, babe. We're all good. Yep. She's like, is there something wrong? Just tell me the truth. And he's like, nope, everything's cool, baby doll. So that fixes that, I guess. Dramatic zoom out on them hugging it. <gasps> the seer was watching the whole time. Okay, that's creepy. She shouldn't be watching what's going on in Cole and Phoebe's bedroom, just saying. Or maybe she should be. I don't know. Well, I, I, are you saying it's bad to watch people in the bedroom? Are you saying that's something perhaps an angel shouldn't be doing? Is this something? Because we see, we know Leo does it. Yeah, that's that's an accurate point. Yeah, nobody should be doing it. Or is this a whole actions are only bad if bad people do them thing? I mean, according to the show or according to us? It's cool that Leo watches Paige have sex with people. But it's bad when the seer watches. <laughs> okay, just to jump quickly to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next episode is Merry Go Round. Oh. And oh. the description from Peacock is a demon crashes Phoebe's wedding, hoping to plant the seeds of discord among the sisters. So, yeah, that is their wedding. Yeah. Okay, I really like the next episode because it's basically just... Cole trying to figure out how to trap Phoebe into doing a dark wedding, a wedding in the evil way, because otherwise the holiness of the union will corrupt him. Mm-hmm. I really like that as a concept, and it also kind of ties into a thing I really like in fiction, where you have to throw you have to throw a wedding together last minute. Yes, and like the way he gets the dark wedding set up in a way that it just feels like a regular wedding is so well done. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that episode. 
Also, as much as we were mocking it, I didn't hate this episode. I thought this was a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty solid episode. I, I wish mean, the only problem is old Phoebe for me. I, I, oh, I mean, it, it would have been good if we had gotten more old Phoebe. I think mm. my only problem with it was that uh... personal gain. Oh my god! Shut the fuck up with the personal gain, charmed. Yeah. I just I can't even with the personal gain. Oh my god. So, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? I know I've recognized the old lady from somewhere. I know you looked this up. Is she... Did she just play the old lady in a lot of stuff? Uh, yes. Okay. So, the old lady is played by Frances Bay. Old Phoebe. Yes, old Phoebe. Who is the old lady in Name a TV Show? Yes. <laughs> she, y- you've seen her in stuff. Yes, she was the old lady on that TV show. Uh, according to IMDb, the thing she's most known for is being the old lady on Happy Gilmore. But I feel like there was another one that was more... So vintage Adam Sandler. Right? Hang on, there was, there was a more well-known one. There's a really fun game that we played uh, that you told me about, the uh, one where someone comes up with an actor and, and the other person playing the game has to guess the three or four I, m- like most known for roles on IMDb. It's really fun because they're never what you think they're going to be. Yeah, I stole that from This Had Oscar Buzz, the podcast This Had Oscar Buzz, because it is so, it, it is, it's not what you would expect. It is a really good way to kill time if you need to drive somewhere. Like, yeah, if you're doing a like a road trip. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, okay, so she is. Here are some things she's played the old lady on. All right. Well, first of all, she played Fonzie's grandmother on Happy Days. Wow, she's been playing the old woman for a while. Yes, she has. Let's see. She also played the old lady on. She played the old lady on Cheers. Mm hmm. She played. An old lady on Golden Girls. An old lady who was friends with Sophia, so an old, old lady. Ah. She played an old lady on Newhart. She played an old lady on Twin Peaks. She played an old lady on Quantum Leap. Who's the boss? Empty Nest. A different old lady than on Golden Girls, even though they're... Shared universe. Shared universe. Old lady on the Ben Stiller show. Wow. for She really had to cram that in, huh? Old lady on the TV version of Clueless. Old lady on ER. Old lady on Hannah Montana. Old lady on Grey's Anatomy. Old lady on The Middle. Like. She's been the old lady in a lot of stuff. You will recognize her. Yeah, you and will. she's good at it. Yep. She's, uh, she was. She, yeah. she, she passed, um, in 2011. Hmm. So, yeah, that is, uh, that is our premonition. Yeah, that'll take us to our second power, Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode? I didn't really have anything. I I didn't feel like there was any technology. or I guess maybe those bangs were those bangs in fashion. I guess they were kind of because Courtney Courtney Cox had them in Scream 3. I try to avoid fashion things for, especially with the unfortunate fashion that all three of the sisters embrace on this show you did like that double belt I did, yeah i did like the little pair of pairs belt 
But yeah, I feel like those like micro bangs were definitely a thing during that time. I, I saw this great thing. I was looking up stuff from uh, Scream 5 and there was this great thing where they were interviewing Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, and uh, I think Courtney Cox's ex-husband. David Arquette. David Arquette. And they were talking about what what is your favorite Gail Weathers hairstyle because ah. she has had some radically different ones, and uh, and Courtney Cox was looking she she's she's looking at the picture of her with the horrible little bangs from three because everyone was like well we have to say the iconic wispy bangs and they're not wispy they're yeah and she's like look look we all know we all know that the bangs were a bad choice but since everyone else said it. The iconic bangs. <laughs> I feel like this might be a time freeze or it might just be an error. I'm not sure which. All right. There's a massive shortage of social workers right now. Hmm. If if both Paige and this other dude are qualified, they probably would have both <laughs> been promoted to social workers. Like I said, I don't know if that's a time freeze or if that's just... Uh, if there was also a shortage in the early 2000s and... The writers of Charm just didn't know that. And the final power in our pack is telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you? I feel... I feel bad about this because I shouldn't feel like they tricked me into feeling something when they were just trying to elect a, you know, genuine emotional reaction. Uh-huh. But old Phoebe dying for Cole kind of got me a little bit. Oh, okay. I, I I wasn't like it wasn't like oh my god. I, I didn't I didn't have like a huge emotional reaction. But I'm like, oh, it's that's a sweet demonstration of love having your old future alternate self die for someone. Okay, so I didn't have that. I, that didn't hit me so hard. But I will say I did have, I did have levitation. Our one of our secret powers. Oh, what made you go fuck yeah and fly in the air? With basically every other thing with old Phoebe when she slaps Cole. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I, I liked I liked old Phoebe. I'm here for it. I need to find a better way to describe levitation. Yeah. Makes you rise up. Nah, no. No, no. no I, I will think on it. <laughs> so I think that does it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can follow us on Twitter at ILoveTVZines, or email us at ILoveTelevisionZines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollow Manor. <laughs>